This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The financial volcano, better known as the Eurozone crisis, continues to rumble ever closer to fully blowing its top and engulfing several European economies. For a short time, there was speculation, perhaps bordering on hope, that the Chinese banks, now among the world's largest, might step forward with a rescue package. Dr Simon Taylor lectures in finance at Cambridge Judge Business School and is researching the development of the Chinese banking system. The question he poses is, will Chinese banks change the world? However, before dealing with that, does he think the Chinese banks will step into the Eurozone? I think speculation about the Chinese banks bailing out the Eurozone or individual members has been around for quite a while. Indeed, I discussed that very question in uh, Beijing in February with a think tank of of people who who report directly to the State Council. And their view, I think this is even more true now, is that it's a bit difficult domestically to justify to the Chinese people that their hard-earned foreign exchange reserves are being used to bail out by their standards, quite wealthy countries uh, with you know, advanced health systems and good pensions when they themselves are quite a long way off that. So I think there's a political barrier, but also whether it might have been a good idea back in February. Right now, there's so much risk around the Eurozone that I, I really don't think any, uh, any Chinese bank or, or government agency could come in until it's clear that the dust has settled and it's safe. Uh, otherwise, they run the risk of enormous political damage to their career. Those banks are among the world's largest by assets, profits and employment. And although so far they, they've largely remained in China, uh, they are starting to expand abroad, aren't they? Yes, the Chinese banks are by market value uh, or by profits uh, amongst the world's biggest now. Indeed, four of the world's most profitable, five most profitable banks are Chinese. And you know, one view would be if you've got all this firepower, if you're making four or five times as much money each year as Goldman Sachs, are you just going to stay in China and carry on making money? Well, uh, I think the answer is no. Uh, it's clear already that these banks want to expand, or at least their, their, uh, their management do. Uh, the question is, of course, whether the Chinese government wants them to, uh, and if so, how. So I think it's only a matter of time before they make an impact on the rest of the world. They've already made a number of small acquisitions, but so far it's been minimal, and we're really waiting to see what they're going to do. Would their coming, their advent, would that change? Would it threaten the existing banking system? I think the, the, the Chinese banks have the potential to threaten other banks around the world, not least because uh, they could buy them, assuming, of course, that would be permitted. ICBC, the world's biggest and most profitable bank, this year will make about seven times as much profit as Goldman Sachs. And it's getting to the point where if it keeps growing at the same rate, it would be able to buy Goldman Sachs out of one year's profits. Now, that would be highly controversial. It's not necessarily even the smart thing for them to do. But their sheer capacity to make acquisitions is is going to be a factor. Uh, now, that's not necessarily a bad thing for bank customers. It depends how how they they use this 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 firepower. More competition around the world, you know, new entrants into the banking industry, uh, means more choice for customers, whether they're retail or, uh, or wholesale. So that's not necessarily a bad thing for the banking system. Will they enter foreign markets and provide that extra competition? At the moment, the evidence is, I think, that they're thinking of entering foreign markets, but in a fairly selective and cautious way. 
they're following some of their own Chinese customers, mainly the big state-owned corporations. And those corporations, in turn, tend to be concentrated in uh, economies with a lot of natural resources. So you're, you're seeing the banks uh, extend their presence in areas like that, but in, in a very narrow way. The, the, the interesting question is if and when they start entering uh, the retail banking uh, industry, in particularly in, uh, in the sort of mature economies. For example, do they do what Santander has, has done from Spain, buy a British uh, bank chain and, and become part of the, uh, the market? Uh, I think they are cautious, and I think they're f- currently focused more on emerging markets, but they have potentially the, the resources and the ambition even to enter the, the, the richer markets like the UK and the US. They've been privatised. They have international shareholders, but they are the product of of deep-seated rivalries within the Chinese government itself. What drives them? The Chinese banks uh, all have their origin in essentially one single sort of mega bank, if you like, the People's Bank of China. Uh, Under the Maoist communist period, there was one central, there was only one bank. And indeed, I think Lenin once said, you only need one bank under communism. Um, since then, each, the, the, the banks have been created as separate entities, originally to do quite specific things. You can see it in their names, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, the Agricultural Bank of China, China Construction Bank. But they've left those, those roots behind. Now, because they have become very big and powerful, and because they are an essential part of the, the mechanism by which the government controls the economy, they are inevitably uh, politically very important. And uh, several years ago, really in the mid-2000s, the ownership of the, the big four banks, the ones that really matter, shifted from the, uh, the, the, the People's Bank of China, the central bank, to the Ministry of Finance. And in almost all countries, there is a rivalry between these two institutions. Uh, and that rivalry hasn't gone away, and the political control of the banks will remain uh, important for the foreseeable future. The Chinese economy is the fastest-growing economy in the world. Are their banks vulnerable to any setback in that overall economic picture? Setbacks which could land them with bad debts, and that has happened before. The history of the last 30 years of the the banks in China is of booms and busts in lending, uh, driven mostly by uh, political purposes. Uh, One of the ways to get on in the Communist Party in China is to deliver GDP growth, national income growth, employment in your province. How do you do that? You borrow lots of money and you build bridges, airports, whatever. Some of this is good, some of it's probably wasted. And whether you pay it back is almost a matter of discretion. Consequently, the banks have been through uh, three cycles of boom and bust, uh, which have led them to end up with very large non-performing loans. Now, in the past, those loans uh, that have gone bad have been dealt with by a mixture of recapitalization from the, the, from the government, uh, moving them into sort of off-balance sheet vehicles. The third boom and bust is the one that we've just had, which was the big boom in lending uh, mandated by the government to, to essentially offset the global financial crisis in 2009. And we don't yet know how big those bad debts are going to be. But the extra lending was in the region of $1.5 trillion in one year. Uh, It's unavoidable, inevitable, that a large chunk of that's going to come back in the form of bad debts. And that could, uh, if if you're a pessimist, that could mean the banks are fundamentally insolvent. They will have to be bailed out. Now, that's tougher to do simply because the banks do have these foreign shareholders. In the past, it could all be done within the family. It's now going to be more complicated, more public, and that's going to be an interesting political uh, problem, I think, for the future government. Dr Simon Taylor, thank you very much. 
This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series. Thank you.